the galaxy is full of film, and this is the Galaxy of Film Podcast. The Galaxy of Film rating system is based off planets featured in the Star Wars films. From our highest rating to lowest, here is the order in which we rate these films. Number 5. Coruscant, the entire planet is one big city. Number 4. Thanks. Bespin, it's pretty far, but I think we can make it. Mining colony? Yeah, Tabana gas mine. Number 3. Like you did by the lake on the roof. Number 2. Set your course for the Hawk system. And lastly, number one. Gotta get back to Jakku. Back to Jakku! Why does everyone want to go back to Jakku? What's up, Galaxy of Film listeners? It's your co-host, Danilo. You might be wondering why Max isn't speaking. That's because he has COVID again. It's not COVID, buddy. It's not yeah, COVID. Yeah, okay, but we'll <laughs> see in like five days, bud. We'll see All when right. you're on a ventilator. <clears throat> but anyway... Um, I really don't know how the intros go. I hardly pay attention to them. Oh yeah, you asked me how I'm doing. Max, how are you doing, man? I'm I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. I'm I'm doing good, other than just not feeling great. Um, went and saw the Fourth Matrix in theaters today. A really weird experience. I, I walk into the theater, um, and you know, usually you get like what 15 minutes of previews, typically. 15. I would say 20. 17. Yeah, 17. Yeah, roughly. Um, for the first. Well, like eight to ten minutes the previews were playing on the speakers it was weird like no video yeah, yeah. um so then the movie started like that we saw the warner brothers logo then it stopped then it went back to the previews to show us them and then the movie restarted it was a weird experience um also the chairs were kind of funky i've never had like it was a reclining seat but i had different controls for the back that was separate from the art or from the leg rest. It was a weird thing, man. Where were you, man? The Alamo? No, it was at an AMC. Yeah, the, get your um, money back, bud. Should have complained. You would have gotten a free movie pass. The Alamo already pulled the new Matrix film. It's not doing too great in Raleigh. So I had to go to yeah. Durham to go see it. Ain't doing too good over here, man. So I'll let yeah. you know how I think about that in two weeks, one week, whenever we're covering it. I'm doing good, but uh, well, let me introduce some guest stars. Joining us once again from West Virginia is the man himself, JR, from West Virginia on Commonplace. JR, how are you doing, man? Doing pretty good. How are y'all guys doing? Uh, it was amazing seeing you guys and everything y'all did in New York. Um, y'all, y'all get chops for that, man, and everything that y'all done thus far posted. Oh, yeah, we got some good shit coming, man. I'm in the process of editing the video, but I do a voiceover in our first video that I wasn't able to finish because my my voice currently. <laughs> Wow, dude. Yeah. Wow. That's real sick, man. You should have done it for the effect, because you had COVID coming back. Oh, from the the sick one. Thank so you, you could have done the voiceover in there and been like, my bad, I got COVID. You know? There yeah. you go, man. <laughs> Put the vlog up, buddy. You promised our viewers. Yeah, anyway, I'm though. On it. <laughs> and then also joining us today is Alex from Drink In the Movies. Alex, how are you doing, man? I'm doing all right. Excited to talk about some John Carpenter classics. Well, that means that's one person who's excited to talk about him. So that's always good to hear. <laughs> the John Carpenter. Oh, wait. To uh, continue on with just this wonderful hosting job that I'm doing, uh, we're going to switch it up a bit uh, today. We're going to talk about the movies first. 
Now we're going to take a break and give you our rating system on the movies that we just talked about and rated. And then we're going to talk about the news and then some TV shows. Maybe in that order, maybe not. I don't know. Just skip ahead to the episode halfway through and you'll find out. You know, I mean, it ain't rocket science. Come on. It's 2022. But uh, yeah, today we're going to be talking about John Carpenter's wonderful classics, Escape from New York and The Thing. Um, Can I add in one thing? Yeah, yeah, man. What's up? Um, You do have to put in there, just not a classic. His movies are cult classics. Oh, yeah. Cult classics. You know, that is a good. That is, yeah. That's very true, JR. His movies all are cult classics. Classics. Except for like two. Except for like two. (laughs) You know? But that's exactly right. Um, Max, which one do you want to start with, man? Heads or tails? I'll flip a coin. Hold up, Alex. Go ahead. Go. What were you about to say, Alex? <laughs> I got it. Cult classics. I John Carpenter, especially like with his effect on like modern horror movies, his movies are like certified class. Especially the thing. Like that is a movie that just came out, kind of dudded and is now like revered by everyone who's seen it besides one person that I know who is going isn't to the, bash it and I will Isn't that the definition of a cult classic? If it comes out and it dudded <laughs> no. and then it gets a following then after? I correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's the definition of a cult classic. Cult classics are also Yeah, are usually also... Stick to just one group. Hold on, hold on, hold hold on a minute there, buddy. They are <laughs> classics are universally revered. Cult classics still get negative press somewhere, or not actually not just somewhere. A lot of the time, they still get negative press from people who don't love the movie like others do. Classics are universally revered. The thing is universally revered. Well, not by me and Jr. So, well, <laughs> yes, you know no, so I guess that's a cult classic. <laughs> yeah, Rocky Horror Theater. I mean, Rocky Horror Show. Cult classic. Yes. Evil Dead. No, those are classic movies evil dead movies compared to i've never you know, seen rocky horror picture classics. show actually really dude that's it's something to watch get zooted get zooted and watch it and then watch it sober the the alamo yeah. i think does a showing like once a month on it actually yeah. get zooted out of your mind and watch it it is a sight Mac. to behold rialto on glenwood does it okay so rialto gotcha I'm I'm probably going to the February one because it looks insane. I might have to go to that depending on the on the date because it's something that's been on my watch we'll, list for a long time. We'll we'll figure that out later. For now, let's yeah. talk about these two films that may or may not be cult classics or classics. <laughs> <laughs> Give us an iTunes review and let us know at Galaxy of Film <laughs> on iTunes. But yeah, today we're gonna be talking about John Carpenter's mid movies. Um, I know Max. Max really likes John Carpenter. He uh, he chose this episode to cover these two. He's been on his backlog, I guess. Isn't mm-hmm. that right, Max? Yeah, they have been. Yep, yep. Um, which one do you want to start with first, man? Which one do you want to start with first? Uh, let's do Escape from New York first. All right. Well, Ooh. we're gonna start from Escape from NYC, where Max and I just were, and boy, did we escape! I escaped skid free, but Max and uh, the other people escaped with COVID. So <laughs> they really escaped New York. No, they didn't. But what can you? Not do? at all. Alright, so to give us a plot summary, a breakdown of this movie, um, fuck. The president gets shot down over New York. New York's like a state penitentiary, or the, a universe penitentiary or whatever. And then this dude with an eye patch has to save him. And we see that happen throughout the movie. And uh, he's a criminal. <laughs> and that's about it, really. That's really about it. Um, I'm not really going to go into much besides that, 
because I, you know, you'll hear my thoughts about the movie. But Max, what did you think, man? Was it <laughs> was there more? Should I add more to that? Because that that really sums it up, you know. <clears throat> I mean, you're you're not wrong. <laughs> That's exactly right, buddy. I'm not wrong. I'm not wrong. <laughs> like if we're talking like a very stripped down version of this movie, you're not yeah. wrong. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, Alex, go ahead. Let me let me get some water. I'm over here struggling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. Let's hear some positive voices first. I know Alex likes to, you know, Alex is Alex's filmmaker. I don't know. I was gonna make a comparison, but Alex, just talk about this goddamn movie, man. <laughs> All right. Well, like like Max said, in its most stripped down form, you're 100 percent right. But there's so much more from the effects that were for the budget. It was amazing that they got the quality that they did, especially the entrance of Snake Plissken. That who that's who Kurt Russell plays, or as Danio calls him, the man with the eye patch. Um, his flight into New York City is just gorgeously shot. Probably some of the best images of John Carpenter's career came from Escape from New York, and he brings back. Bro, what, what, <laughs> what was? All right, man, just keep talking. All right, dude, keep going, keep uh, going. Are you talking about the images quote? I'm. Look at the dude. lighting of Snake Plissken in that plane. All right, the reds, dude, I, the greens. I've seen kids in high school make better films than what I just watched. Okay, like, buddy. Keep, ta- keep talking about Escape from New York. Why are you so negative, dude? Look, Danilo, I got more crap than you're giving me right now for putting Spiral from the Book of Saul in my top ten, all right? No, that's I, a cool movie, man. Max and I like that one. We like Spiral. Especially when 21 Savage <laughs> oh, hit the well, beat at I, the end. Yes. Finally, some support on Anyway, getting sidetracked. <laughs> the way that Carpenter shot this movie... Very much was like Halloween, but it was more action-based. And he shoots action really well. And he writes, quite frankly, just cool characters. Like you look at Snake Plissken and you think cool, it's him. Now, I'm thinking badass when I look at him. Okay, well, that's too. Yeah, I, I, I second that one. No homo. But I just, I really... <laughs> you... <laughs> I just really enjoyed this. I actually had a really fun time with this. A lot better than I thought because I'd heard I had heard mixed things on it. I know some people that love this movie think it's one of Carpenter's best. I've heard people who say it's a garbage fire or as Jared would say, dumpster juice. But <laughs> it was it was a lot of fun. Um yeah, that's about all I gotta say. Okay. Well, you know, there are some interesting thoughts there. Alex, hold hold on before we go on, Alex. You're talking about the the entrance for Snake <clears throat> as he's going into the city of New York. I do okay, love that scene some, though. That's probably my need favorite some water, movie. Man. Dude, I, I, I'm drinking water. I don't know. Okay, what to okay. Do. I, I just want to make sure it's like by you, man, because it, it sounds bad. Yeah, man. I, it's all right. This okay. is my life for the past week. It's fun. Would you rather yeah. have this or COVID, man? Dude, I felt fine with COVID, to be honest with you. That's what I'm saying. That's what what I'm saying, dude. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Hold on. Let's let's stop yelling about COVID. This is not the Joe Rogan podcast. Max, what were you saying? Thank you, Alex. Thank you. This is not the House of Gucci episode. (laughs) Jesus. If we ever get... Okay. If we ever get to that level again, shoot me in the face. (laughs) We're not getting to that episode again. We're not. We're not talking about it. Okay, so the, the entrance snake Pliskin coming into New York on the little plane, gl- to me it looks more like a glider. 
Um, I know in the movie it can fly whatever. That just looks like a glider. It looks way too thin. Um, where he lands on top of the... What'd you say? It's a paper airplane, essentially. Yeah, basically, dude. Basically. Um, where he lands on the World Trade Center, he's getting ready to skid off and has to put like, a little grapple on it. I love that scene. By far my favorite scene in the whole movie. Um, maybe it's just me, you know, because I'm, I'm 22. Um, clearly, you know, I, I was alive for like 9-11 and whatnot, but I never physically saw either of the Twin Towers. So seeing them represented in any movie is always fascinating for me. I talked about that in the New York Ninja episode as well, how seeing that new footage, or this lost footage showcasing the Twin Towers in a film is always really cool and interesting. Um, and this has been on my list for a long time. Like I've physically owned this movie for about three years and just haven't had a chance to watch it. Um, specifically the Shout Factory Steelbook, too. So like I had a decent version of it. It's been on the backlog. Um, so I'm sitting down and I'm watching this the other day. And I'm able to see, oh, yeah, we see the Twin Towers, it's cool footage, but he lands on one of them. I thought was the coolest thing, just because that's something I'll never be get able to see in real life. Um, so by far, that's my favorite scene in the movie, Alex. But, JR, what are some of your thoughts overall on this? Okay, so, so I need to tell a quick story, and this won't take too long. All right, the only reason I got back involved with these movies, the power went out because of the snowstorm um this past weekend mm -hmm. so i ended up watching escape from la and okay. oh i have y'all know i'm the projector king so i just hooked up the flash drive and we played played the movie mm -hmm. and watching it you know it was some cringeful moments in it but it was like man something about this and yeah having the, the town of lynchburg virginia in there was pretty cool so then next thing you know it's time to watch escape from new york and except from New York, you know, it's got some people in it. it has Isaac Hayes as the, the villain. And I apologize, I forgot his name because I just watched it a day ago. Mm -hmm. um, just to get refreshed. But the, the knife. When Snake threw the knife at the guy and stuck him straight in the head. Yeah. That was probably one of the best scenes of the movie. Um, the whole 80s atmosphere, the early 80s, because it wasn't like the mid-80s, like Michael Jackson went popular. This movie was a bridging movie between... Uh, Star Wars, Blade Runner. Because it falls right before Blade Runner mm -hmm. coming out. So I can see the, the merits of the film and some of the uh, technical spots in it, which they're not very technical by today's standard. Um, it's a great cult movie. Um, the very end of the movie, and I like to give this away, and I apologize, when the president kills Isaac Hayes with the assault rifle, like da -da 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 -da, mm -hmm. doing all that extra stuff, that was the best part of the movie, and then I was done. So that I will say this and nothing on John Carpenter. And I understand let's not throw Halloween into this. Let's just talk about everything. That's not Halloween. Okay. Real fast. Everything right. that's not Halloween with the, ex the exception of assault on precinct 13. Cause that one, I have not seen it, which is weird. I haven't either. Same thing. I own it physically. The steelbook from shop factory. It's been on the list for a while. I haven't seen it, but I've been told by many other movie connoisseurs just like us right now that that is probably his best work. Okay. I am I am not going to sit here and, and say that uh, Escape from New York by any means is any better than being a cult classic. It is something that I would throw one for someone that is in film school, uh, such as Dan Affair up top, to show them certain aspects of storytelling in the 80s. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to put a bubble around it in the 80s. When you put that movie against every B movie from the '90s, like uh, anything that had Carl Weathers in it or anything like that, that's what it stacks up against. It, it's 
Kurt Russell, no offense, the only time that we ever cared about him was Guardians of the Galaxy. Is that correct? I like Kurt Russell. Yeah, but, I would agree with that, though. Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Wasn't that the last time we cared about him? Oh, the last ever? time. Excuse me, I thought you said the only time. Well, maybe um, yeah, I'll, I'll go back and say that. The only time we cared? No, it's probably the last time that I can think off the top of my head. Was he in True Grit, that remake? Was that him? No, that, that was one of them Brolins, wasn't it? I don't know. I remember I saw it. I, mean, I thought it was a pretty good movie, man. But whatever. Hold on, yeah, hold on, hold on. Are you... I just want to go back to something you just said. You said everything that's not Halloween directed by John Carpenter is trash? No, mid. Mid. Like, it doesn't hold up and it's kind of mid. Yeah. When you compare like, it to the 90s movies. Right, like, that's 90s not, that's movies are superior. Talking. 70s movies come second. And then I see John Carpenter's B movies from the 80s. It's like watching the Hallmark Channel after I see Dune. I'm not <laughs> watching the Hallmark Channel because I like living. Yeah, no, but that was just a comparison, you know. It's like I see Dune and then I turn on Hallmark Channel. That's why I'm comparing John Carpenter's movies. Uh, all right, here's a good example. Let's go to the director of um, Evil Dead. Same Raimi, yeah. Yeah, he did those movies. Mm-hmm. Then he did Spider-Man. He evolved. John Carpenter plateaued after... The thing, and then he just slipped down further, further. Because let's be honest, you know that uh, Escape from New York, I mean from LA, is a is a train wreck. I've never seen Escape from LA. It is. You haven't. It is not LA. No. No. It's we're we're New York LA. Galaxy of Film Productions, baby. <laughs> LA is not nearly on the level of Escape from New York. I 100 percent agree with that. But, I mean, I'm sorry, you watch Vampires by John Carpenter? I think that was 98. That movie holds up. It's stupid, but it holds up. Probably the best role James Woods ever got. <laughs> Who's James but, Wood, dude? Wow. Sorry, bro. Different, Man, different conversation. Different conversation, bro. Yeah, different for another day. So, yeah, Alex, yeah. <laughs> Alex, let me ask you this then, all right? Sorry to take it real quick. So, you're telling me that... John Carpenter is in the same vein as a Stanley Kubrick. Uh, he's in the same yeah. vein as a George Romero. Absolutely not, buddy. I, I don't. I've never personally been a fan of Romero's work. Yeah, me as well. So I've, okay, hold on, Jr. Jr. Hold on, hold on. You can call me dumpster juice afterwards, but let me defend. All right, George Romero's work has never really connected with me. But then I see stuff like Escape from New York, The Thing, Vampires, Halloween, even Halloween 2, and that connects with me more. But no, he is not even close to someone like a Stanley Kubrick, who is a literal god of cinema. But he's not, like, he's better than George Romero, in my personal opinion. Okay, let's cut Let's cut it in. You're telling me he's better than Tim Burton? Tim are we Burton. About, which Tim Burton are we talking? Are we talking about recent Tim Burton here? Or are we talking about current Beetle Tim Burton? Ju- We're talking about Beetlejuice. Oh, absolutely not! Beetlejuice is one of my favorite films of all time. See, I'm not a Tim Burton fan. A fan. I'm just not, dude. Oh, I I don't like Beetlejuice whatsoever. I'm not even a big fan of his his first Batman. I'm a Batman Returns person. Like I, I, I do not like. I don't like Jack Nicholson as the Joker, I'll be honest with you. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about that another day. Maybe we'll do an episode. Yeah, we'll, on do, 
Batman and Batman yeah, Returns. Need... Um, oh, hold on. Can we add in Batman Forever with that? Because I got some words on that. Well, we can do all we four. No, we'll do, we'll, do, we'll do the two Tim Burns and the Schumacher films. Um, okay. All right. Let's Now, as fun as Tim Burton is, Escape from New York is a whole lot of fun. I think, can we, can we at least agree on that? It's a lot of fun. No, <laughs> man, because I had a better time watching They Live. <laughs> I did. I that was a fun. That was a, that was a fun movie by him, and that's mm-hmm. what a fun movie I is. This, about that movie. this tried to be serious, and when it tried to be serious, it turned out to be a joke. When it wasn't serious, I was like, okay, you know what? I can kind of get behind it. But it tries to be serious, and that's its big problem. It tries to be serious, and it just turns into just a dumpster fire. <laughs> okay, hold on. I, I wouldn't point even. I completely forgotten about that movie until you mentioned it. <laughs> I wouldn't even say it tries to be serious. I think it tries to just be gritty and edgy, just for the yeah, sake of and it. Yeah, and it just doesn't. It doesn't work for me. It it just seems corny and silly to me when it tries to be like that. That's Are why I question? do like it. It's almost satire in a sense. Have any of y'all seen the Warriors? <sighs> uh, yeah. No one can. All right, so you've seen the Warriors. So let's go here real, real quick, Alex. All right, doing a comparison on both of them because they're about the same time frame. Uh. A little bit more yeah, technology, yeah. A little bit more technology. I need you two guys to go watch the Warriors and then compare this to the to this film. Um, that's what I compared it to. That's what came to my mind when I seen that freaky character at the very beginning with the blonde hair, mm-hmm. looking all crazy. The Warriors came to mind, and I'm like, none of these dudes in this in, in, in any part of this movie are tougher than the guys from the Warriors. The Warriors were street gangs in New York in 1979 or 80, whatever it was, running around doing whatever. Similar premise, but just not. Uh, in a prison, but they were around Coney Island, Manhattan, and all that stuff. So I did a comparison of them, like fights and just uh, how you got into it. The storyline for this movie was pure dumpster juice. No matter what you did, Snake Bliskin, yeah, I understand he he's probably credited for being Solid Snake and Metal Gear Solid later mm. on down the road. I'll give that 100%. That's the one thing that came from this movie. Metal Gear Solid came from this movie. But... Outside of that, like the story was, you didn't get a true character development. It only takes but two that's seconds. Not that's not the point of this movie, though. The point of this movie is not. John Carpenter did this purely just to have fun, and he was writing off the success of Halloween, so he was just like, "All right, I'm going to go do my own thing now. I've made some, I've got some credit with Hollywood, so now he's just going to do stuff that he wants to see on the big screen." And there's a level of passion behind that that I at least can forgive character development. Like, we know everything we need to know about Snake Plissken. He's a prisoner. He's given an opportunity to go free. He has 22 hours to do it. That's all the character development you need for someone like that. Hold I mean, on, I one, need one to... second. JR, you bring up Solid Snake <clears throat> from the Metal Gear Solid series. One other thing I do want to say that came after, or I, I think fully inspired by this movie, is another video game, one of my favorite games of all time, Batman Arkham City. Yes. Okay, yeah. yeah. I see uh, that, man. I'd also that say was a good game. Arkham Knight that was a good well. game. Mm. I'm going to go play I, that wouldn't you, wouldn't you say Arkham Knight as well? I mean, the entire um, Arkham but, franchise, but specifically City, just because it is a city, you know, the main city section blocked off, yeah. giant walls... You know, free for all going on. Um, yeah, I just one, of the to... on, one of the only video games I played, and I do see the connection, man. Was Arkham City? Yeah, I love it, dude. Yeah. Um, I have the collector's edition signed by Kevin Conroy. 
one of my favorite games of all time. That's cool. That's pretty nice, man. That that's pretty cool, actually. Hmm. So we'll so we'll say cult classic, right? So we'll say yes. the cult classic, yes. and it gave re- reference in it, and it gave uh, some things to the culture. I'll give that movie that Solid Snake, Batman Arkham City, and probably uh, what else? I'm going to just leave it at that because after that you had Blade Runner, different stuff like that, and like you're talking about, uh, John Carpenter had a success and went off and did something else. We'll just call it his Blade Runner because. That's what George Lucas and them did with Blade Runner, basically. Mm. Ridley Scott and all those guys. Yeah, Ridley Scott, basically. Yeah, Ridley Scott. No, we're not going to put them both in the same sentence, because that's a whole different director. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can't compare someone like John Carpenter and Ridley Scott. I, I I get behind what you're saying 100%. You can definitely see the effect of it, of Escape from New York on the culture. And while some of the effects might be better than the original property... It's still a whole ton of fun. Like, I had a smile going ear to ear for about 95% of this runtime. Oh, and one last thing. It did encourage The Purge, the first one. I'll agree with that yeah. as well. See that? I do see that, yeah. <laughs> now, we can yeah. all agree that that movie was trash, though. Yes. I do not Some like The Purge people. franchise. <clears throat> I never uh, watched it. It I just like... never interested me. It seemed kind of silly. Two and four are good. I like two and four. Okay. I watched the first two, I think, and didn't care for either of them. I mean, it it gave Frank Grillo a pretty good jump start into action movies, so I'm all right with that. Alex, what would you you rate Escape from New York? Yeah, 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 you, Alex. Yeah, 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 you, Alex. (laughs) You got it. It cut out. It cut out, all right? That's the problem meeting you with this one. I'm going to give it a bus one. Okay. Okay. I, I I was tempted to do Bespin on its way to Coruscant, but I it's solid. It's really good. I enjoyed. All right. What about you, Jr.? You know it's a Naboo all day long. Okay. Okay. See, <laughs> my mine's also a Naboo. Um, I can admit this movie has its faults. I think this one specifically is a cold classic. Um, we'll get to my thoughts on the thing in just a little bit, though. Um, you know, like I said, dude, same thing I said in the uh, New York Ninja episode, the LFG I did. I'm a sucker for seeing older New York footage, and this works out. I think the soundtrack's great. Um, Donald Pleasance as the president is kind of funny to me, almost as funny as Harrison Ford in Air Force One. Um, just because I'm seeing two actors I really like as the fucking president of the United States. Um, like, their performance isn't funny. It's just a weird role I wouldn't expect them to ever have. Um, yeah, I enjoy it. it it's a Naboo for me. What about you, Danilo? I mean, I didn't, I didn't really get my thoughts on this movie, but I would say it's a pretty dumps, pretty much of a dumpster fire film. Uh, it tries to be serious. It's, it turns out to be just an absolute fuck fest. I think John Carpenter's movies are absolutely mid. Um, I don't think of him as one of the renowned filmmakers that will always be remembered. He has Halloween and They Live. Uh, and the thing, the thing I heard is, you know, called classic. I have yet to watch it, but the movies I have seen by him are just lazy and kind of silly. And it's just a filmmaker. I have no desire to seek out their work from. So for this, it's going to be a Jack who on its way to Hoth. Damn. Okay. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ, dude. 
I, I I'd rather watch all. I rather watch the Django Unchained five times and watch. It's one called of John Django Carpenter's Unchained, movie. dude. Don't be. I don't ignorant. care, dude. But you know, oh sorry, sorry, racist, racist. My bad, my bad. No, no, dude. It's just the owner's entire scene about the Silent D. That's see, I fell asleep for it, man. Yeah, anyway, I don't, don't understand. Django's one of Tarantino's best work. It is one of his yeah. best work. I would say it's one of his best, but it's not saying much. And yeah, I mean, yeah, it, 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 you're, it is you're... the Reservoir Dogs. What'd you what? say, Jerem? It's not Reservoir Dogs. See, it's right yeah, above like Reservoir that. Dogs for me. Okay, I like oh, Reservoir dude. Dogs. I think it's up there. I think the, the Django, the Django, whatever the fuck you want to call the guy, and uh, Reservoir Dogs are up there. I still have to see a few of his uh, film stuff. For me, it goes Hateful Eight, Jackie Brown, Pulp Fiction. Mine's okay, Pulp Fiction, it. Django, Reservoir Dogs. I can go with Jackie Brown because that's one of his gems that people kind of skip over. And that's the one I want to see because I hear that's good. And it's not, you know. Robert Forrester is fantastic. Hmm. He is amazing in that movie. Daniel, have you seen Inglorious Bastards? <clears throat> I have. I, have. I, I actually. Now, see, that. Is a fun movie. I don't think it's good by any means. I think it's kind of mid, but it's a fun movie. I, I have fun with it. When Hitler fucking burns in a fucking movie theater, <laughs> you know, I think, it, I think it's a weird just a, definition of fun, dude. It's a it's a fun movie, man. It's it. I, he he's not my filmmaker, man. But I think I do think he's a trillion times better than Carpenter. All right, let, let's talk about the next John Carpenter film for this week. Um, Daniel, you didn't get to watch the thing, correct? Nah, man, I didn't. Like I said, no desire to see any of his. Yeah, thank, thank God. Tired of your negativity, Alex. <laughs> go ahead and give me the breakdown for the thing, since I can barely fucking talk. I appreciate you stepping up for this part. Give me a recap. All right. So the thing is about this group of Arctic researchers, led by Kurt Russell's helicopter pilot, all in Antarctica, Arctic. What's the difference? There's snow. And it, there is an alien parasite who is going around and infecting people and killing them. And the film is really built around this level of distrust <laughs> and this paranoia that you can't trust your own people anymore, which at the time in the 80s was very appropriate. And Kurt Russell and Keith David get to be awesome together on screen and really just takes off from there. Well, that's good, man. I just want to chime in real quick uh, to our listeners out there. Hopefully one of them's Little Caesars. Little Caesars, if you're hearing this, we are looking for a sponsorship. We don't care what you do, how you do it. I get a pizza from you guys every Thursday. Max is hopping on the Little Caesars bandwagon as well now. Please reach out to us. Uh, you have our email. Link in the description below. We want a sponsorship with you. Have and you one tried other that thing. Batman pizza what? yet? Yeah, dude. Is it good? Wait, what? Yeah. Yeah. There's a Batman pizza? Little yeah. Caesars doesn't miss, bud. Uh, hold on, hold on. There's a Batman pizza? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they have Batman hats. Did you see that? I might work there just to get the fucking hat. Oh, damn. Over the new movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But look, one thing I want to add like, in. Go ahead. Looks like I'm having some Little Caesars sometime this week. See, look at that. L- Little Caesars, look at that. We're getting more of your audience joining by the minute. And Little Caesars, on your secret menu, something that is not in every area. Um, I had it last time I was in Indiana. Pepperoni cheese bread. It's not on your... It's not not on, on the menu at all. Pepperoni cheese bread. 
please bring it back. Because I go to places I was in Michigan about three weeks ago, couldn't get pepperoni cheeseburger. They looked at me like I was crazy. Yeah, Michigan's retarded. Yeah, I used to work at a pizza place, man. We used to get in trouble for doing stuff like that. <laughs> hey, no, 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 you didn't work at a pizza place, man. You wanted to work at Little Caesars, I think is what you meant to say. Uh, okay, buddy. All right. Little Caesars, you have our contact information. Link in the description below. Um, JR, what are your overall thoughts on the thing? All right, so i got to be 100% honest with you guys. I had never seen this movie. I'm going to tell you what's funny. I'm old. I'm 36 years old. So I had the thing video game on the original OG Xbox. Okay. Didn't even know what it came from. Didn't even care. It was just an awesome game. And after I finished the film, I realized that the two were the same. The movie started off just like any other movie that John Carpenter makes. No storyline. Just jump right into it. Mm-hmm. And it was like, those, the, the scene that got me was the dog when the dog transformed and stuff. And the other dogs were wigging out and shit. And he was trying to break out and stuff like that. So like that kind of threw me in there. Uh, the dialogue was actually good in this movie. It, the dialogue made sense. That's something with some of the John Carpenter films that I've seen. Sometimes it's just like, Really, really tough. Like, bad wrestling from the 80s commentary type mm-hmm. talk. Um, the further the movie got on, uh, and you find out more about uh, the disease or the the whatever the alien thing is or whatever, and they got to burn inside to see who's, who's good, who's not. Uh, when it got to that part of the movie, that's when it got really crazy. You had a lot of killing. Um, this movie became dumpster juice for me because of the ending. The ending of this movie, like, I was hyped for this movie. This movie was on its way to being, like, something that I was going to put in my showcase whenever we do Sometime Cinema in your local city, anywhere and everywhere, when we start that back up in April, guys. Mm-hmm. And, anyway, that was just a shameless plug. And, uh, anyway, it was just, like, the ending of that movie, I said, automatic dumpster juice. And, mind you, everybody knows that when I'm watching these, I am watching these on the Nebula capsule, and we're using it on the projector. So I had the similar experience. I have the subwoofers and everything. So I got every boom and crash. For a in-home experience of watching this, it was amazing. Would I have gone to a theater to see this? Oh, hell yeah. But the ending turned it into dumpster juice. That's the only thing. If the ending had been different, I could have. I didn't get any resolve out of this movie, if that makes sense. I just want to say, Jr., you're welcome on the podcast anytime you want, man. <laughs> anytime you want, buddy. I'm loving the energy. The ending is my favorite part, actually, Jr. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It being open-ended with Kurt Russell and the other guy not knowing if either of them do have this after this experience, you know, or how they're going to go away. I was like, oh, we just, we got to wait. We got to find out. Like, we can't leave. You know, if, right, if so they leave, they get home somehow, which they don't even have a way to get home. Everything's destroyed. If they do, you know, this is going to become a worldwide outbreak. Resident Evil. Was, was there a post credit scene by any chance, guys? Okay, shut the fuck yeah, up. Samuel, I'm Samuel serious, Jackson dude. Shows, Samuel Jackson shows up and tells Kurt Russell he wants him to join the Alien Parasite Initiative. Hey, sometimes <laughs> that's what you got to do. Resident Evil. That's all you were telling me at the end of the movie. This is the thing. And let's be truthful here. And this is why I gave it dumpster juice. Like, it just got horrible dumpster juice. You know that they had just put money out for the movie beforehand. That movie tanked. Universal gave them an option. You know, they said, here's some more money. Let's see what you can do. Hmm. At the end of this movie, he's like, man, all my fucking movies tank. 
this one's going to take two. They're not going to be a sequel. If there's a sequel, it'll take 17 years for me to get a sequel because no one will option my movie. So he left it the way he left it. And I knew that after, at the end. I knew that because I knew, you know, we're in the future now. So we know what his life turns into. They only let him do a movie here and there, and then they get rid of his ass because everything he does tanks, except for the Halloween movies. Well, he doesn't he like just... doing sequels. That's the thing. He didn't want to do Halloween 2. And that's why 3 is a totally different movie. Because he's like, like okay, the studio forced him to do a sequel. So he's like, Nobody's... fuck it. He, he wrote some bullshit him. for Halloween 2. And then they're like, yeah, you gotta do a third one. You gotta make, we need more money. He's like, okay, I'm gonna turn Halloween into an anthology series. Something entirely different. Once that flop, and I think Halloween 3 is a trash movie. I hate Halloween 3. Come um, on, man. Really? Halloween 3 sucks. Straight up. It's bad. Which which one was the cult, dude? Was that 3? The yeah. there there's also one in like Halloween 6. Oh, okay. There's the cult of Michael Myers and then there's a different like Halloween mask cult in the third one. Art Max. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, you know I don't argue with anyone, but I've got to put up the strongest argument ever to what you just said. No one forced him to make Escape from LA. No, I'm talking for the Halloween franchise. Escape yeah, from I'm, LA I'm was, what, 15 years after the thing? But what, 17. But what I'm saying is this. I'm talking about all his movies. Mm-hmm. I'll, we'll put, I'll put Halloween to the side. But he knows that, that Universal was not going to give him a second option for a movie. So he didn't make a sequel. He he knew, he got his writers to, to put this movie in a position that where it would be open-ended. It would never get finished. It would, there would never be any part, point to it. Because just like uh, the thing, I mean, Escape from, from New York. It took 17 years for someone to have a vision uh, that maybe John Carpenter will make us some money and not uh, leave us like he does in every other movie flat. And, once again, you see what happened in the future. Left flat. $19 million for this movie, $25 million for the sequel 17 years later. How much faith did they really have in him? I have to disagree with the thing, man. I, I don't think this even needed a sequel. Especially when this was, this was a remake, too. The thing is, that, like his is a remake. He included footage from the original thing in Halloween, the first film. When Lori's baby, I think it's Lori. It's either Lori or the girl across the street is no, babysitting one of the kids. Um, you see baby. footage from the thing from what fifty four? I that sounds about right. Yeah, so I mean, this it, had no, 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 source no. material too. It had to be even older. I think it was in black. It was in straight black and white. By the fifties, they were doing movies in color. Yeah, exactly. Then this, you know, this had source material as well. So, I mean, this didn't really need a sequel. I feel like I don't think that that's I don't think it was a a way to not have a sequel, in my opinion. But I could be wrong. Who knows? That's just why I high view it at least. But you really don't <laughs> like the ending. <laughs> You're making all these faces, Jr. Like, damn. Listen. Listen, that shit was dumpster juice. I wish I had just took, taken my time and streamed the video game on Twitch and made up a, a better storyline to go with the game. Okay, I didn't even know there was a game. So what was the game like, if you don't mind me asking? The game is actually supposed to be a sequel to it. <laughs> Coming into it now. So that's what was kind of like... I felt, felt kind of cheated because I'm like, this third-rate-ass Konami game... Um, it would it it doesn't justify a, a sequel. We need mm-hmm. a real movie, or at least give me some CG. That's what we're talking about. Basically, uh, it's a continuation of uh, what happened with them. Um, 
obviously a little bit better storyline because someone else wrote it besides John Carpenter and his writers. And it didn't close anything up there. But it was an awesome game back then in 20, I mean, 2002. Were any of y'all born then? I'm 99. Yeah, I was playing a lot of PS2 and Xbox stuff. I still, I know you can't see here. I got about 300 PS2 games right next to my desk. <laughs> well, if you get a chance, look on eBay and get the thing. You'll you'll thoroughly enjoy it since you thoroughly enjoyed this movie. Okay, I'm looking at it right now. It looks interesting. The I PC version. Does that count? <laughs> I was bored in 02. All right. Well, listen, I'll say this. If you get a chance, the PC version is way better than anything you'll grab on console. Yeah, okay. that's the only issue. I'm not a PC guy. I'm a P- I, I played Lego Star Wars 3 on the PC, man. Oh, boy. <laughs> okay, dude. Elite that's game, a- buddy. Elite yeah, game. Yeah, oh, dude. Yeah. On PC. Why would you play a Lego game on PC? We were because poor, dude. We couldn't afford uh, an Xbox or a Wii? PS2. No, dude. We didn't get a Wii till it was like on sale and shit. Yeah, bud. Thanks, man. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, let's keep on moving on. Alex, what do you think of the thing, man? Now that Max just destroyed my entire life. Not the first time the video won't be the last. <laughs> I know. Um, I'll keep, I know. I'll keep this short and sweet. This is, compared to the film we just discussed, Escape from New York, this is not anywhere close as good. I enjoy this movie a lot less than I enjoy Escape from New York. I appreciate the nihilism. I appreciate the very dark tone that he was going for, the cold. At, like, the, you can feel the snow, and I appreciate that. But besides Kurt Russell and Keith David, everyone else was just bad acting. It was bad acting all around, and I did not like it at all. The writing was fine, but I was disappointed because I had heard that this movie was like a horror classic. This is a film that everyone needs to see. And then it let me down. So I, it's not a bad movie at all at any stretch of the imagination. The creature effects are amazing. And they are better than some of the VFX that we have going on today. Mm-hmm. So I was let down, but it was still a good movie. I just, I think that I'll enjoy it more with age. So. What would you rate it, though? Um. I'm going to give it a Naboo on the way to Bespin, because I still liked it, but it's not nearly as good as Escape from New York. Okay. I'm upset I didn't watch this, man. I got to chime in. I'm upset I didn't watch this, man. I'm hearing so many fucking takes right now about this movie, and this is, like, one of the only ones I was, you know, I would have watched, like, willingly. See, my, my, my input on this, I think this is some of the best dialogue written by John Carpenter. Um, I've always heard... You know, oh, if you if you like Hateful Eight by Tarantino, you'll like the thing. I see the comparisons now. Um, oh yeah, which is interesting. Seeing some of how Carpenter influenced my favorite director, one of his films, um, which is also people have a hot take quite often about Hateful Eight. Um, let's hear it. Let's hear it, bro. Say that again, Alex. His best film, by the way. Yeah, you do. I like Hateful Eight. I don't think it's the best. Um, but, you know, um, dialogue's Jenny very Kane. well written. I like the ending quite a bit in my favorite part of the movie. The creature effects are great, especially seeing the dog slice its head open in four different spots for the, the thing to emerge out of it is pretty awesome. The sound effects, um, they, they gave me chills at one point. That little, like, swishly sound the little mini tentacles are making off of the creature, um, that's weird. 
like it is just fucking weird. I don't know what my reaction would be if I saw this thing coming towards me. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think this is one of John Carpenter's best, uh, if not his very best. And I'm a sucker for Halloween. You know, Halloween is my favorite horror film of all time. I will forever love that movie and for how it's affected my life and how I love film. Um, I'm giving the thing a, a Coruscant. I really enjoyed this movie thoroughly. I think the 4K transfer the Universal just put out is gorgeous as well. Um, I wish I bought it physically, to be honest. I purchased it physically on Vudu. It just came out like three months ago. And would you re- you recommend buying the 4K? Yeah, yeah. The 4K, I've, I've watched the 4K digitally, which is the same transfer as on the disc. Um, the one that just got put out by Universal, it is gorgeous in 4K. Absolutely gorgeous. Um, Actually, wait a minute. I'm stupid. I already own the movie. I own the, the uh, Screen Factory Steelbook. See, I was putting off um, buying the Steelbook because I heard the 4K was coming out. And then my Best Buy just never got a copy for whatever reason. Because we, we talked about that a couple weeks ago, Danilo. The distribution. Yeah, dude. Don't, don't get me started with Best Buy, buddy. Yeah, yeah they, dude. I, I didn't get the Dune Steelbook purely because I heard how bad it was. Like, they were missing discs, missing codes. That yeah. and the Halloween Kills. I just went for the straight up 4K. I got the 4K of Halloween Kills. Um, only because I wanted that alternate ending. Oh, you found it? The standard. Nice, dude. You can't even, can't even find the standard in Michigan. Went to four different Best Buys. Because I want to know what Ultimate. that ending is, too, man. Screen recorded for okay. me. Here, here's the thing, though, Danilo. It doesn't really have an effect on the franchise or on the next film. Well, don't say anything, they, dude. Yeah, bro. I'm, come on, man. You guys on, just ruined on. the thing for me. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. I'm not telling you what happened. All I'm saying is, don't go in expecting something mind-bendingly changed. It's not like Watchmen Ultimate Cut. Wow, dude. Wow. You know what I was expecting? I was expecting mind-blowing effects, mind-blowing endings. I was expecting to see John Carpenter himself enter, kill Michael Myers, put on the mask himself, jack off, and then kill everyone in the town. That's basically the... That's the alternate ending for Rob Zombie's Halloween 2, actually. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Lori puts on the mask. Kill. It's bad, dude. Wait, it's really? Are you? I've never seen the Rob Zombie ones. Oh, Rob Zombie's Halloween Two is probably the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. This is hey, coming from someone who hey. actively loves his. Um, oh, 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 he's dying! He's dying, bro! He's dying! Oh no! Right, but his good, trilogy, good. Rob Zombie's trilogy with uh, Sid Haig. You know, like the House of a Thousand Corpses. I hate Rob Zombie as a director. Whoa, dude. Three from Hell was my favorite. Same. 2019 was a great year for movies, and Three from Hell was one of my favorites. That's really nice. When Galaxy of Film makes a movie, we're going to buy Rob Zombie, and we're going to say, hey, bud, here's a million-dollar check. Never make a fucking movie again. (laughs) Is that right, bud? (laughs) Exactly right, Max. And that's how Galaxy (laughs) of Film will operate. JR, what what is your rating for <laughs> the thing? Alright, so first off, let's let's do a little little thing here. His movies have cult references. His movie basically was a scene out of Resident Evil. Um I'm just gonna be honest, it's just a scene it's a creature from out of Resident Evil that breaks out of a zombie's body, but it's not in a zombie's body. It's just in a frozen corpse. Um mm. so I'll get give him that it's gonna be a hot. Like because like I said, John Carpenter was good with this whole cult classic deal. Um, that movie right there, 
and uh, you know, I, I had high hopes for this because it was one of these movies. I was like, man, my laser projector will be here in a week. I would put this in high definition, you know. But now, after watching it, I watched it in uh, what was it, ten eighty something, something, something. Um, it it is something that if you're one of these people that has to see all kinds of great works, or you have a movie bucket list, it's something that will go under cult classic movie bucket list. Outside of that, it is not respectable in cinematography. It's uh, it, it has no merit. Uh, Dan over there going to school, he would never hear about it in any course or class or anything from John Carpenter. You know, no offense. But exactly right. I mean, I, I can't I can't say anything else nice about this. Like, if, if we're going to go across this two movies, Escape from New York does way more for society culture than the thing ever will, minus the video game, because the video game was really popular back in 2002 going into 03. So outside of that, and he probably didn't have any input on that. Um, and, and I'm just going to leave it at this lasting impression on John Carpenter. Aside from his Halloween movies, and aside from Assault on Precinct 13, because I've never seen it, might watch it when the power goes out again, but it has to be a desperate time. That's when his movies are good. In a desperate time when you have no power, and all you have is some type of battery-powered projector or, or some way to watch TV when you can't watch anything else. That's when John Carpenter's movies are special. When I had nothing left to watch. That's that's a big yikes, man. You know what I'm going to give this one, even though I haven't seen it? Probably a, uh, a Bespin. I'll let you guys know by next week. I'll probably watch it by then. And you know what? If I still hold to that rating, Little Caesars, please sponsor us. But, Jay, what would you rate this one, though? You give your thoughts what your rating of it. I told you, you Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, my apologies. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, your apologies, bud. COVID's affecting yeah. mine now. It's okay. <laughs> Dang, but, man. Yeah, it, um, no offense or anything. Like it was, it wasn't a waste of um, mm-hmm. opportunity and hot air or anything. It just, if we're gonna go through and stack his movies on top of each other and say this is great and this is not great, it will be at the very bottom of my list. Damn. Okay. I'm here for the hot takes, though. I'm here for it. It's a di- it's a different opinion. Dumpster juice. Jesus. Okay, buddy. I said it was dumpster fire. Whatever. Um. So now we're gonna cut to break. So Max is gonna put the music. We're not. Through. We're not cutting to break. We're going no, straight. Yeah, to that's news. exactly right, buddy. Because this is Galaxy of Film, only the best here. So here's our news segment for you. A new poster for Batman. Did you guys see the poster? Yeah, it's bad. Oh yeah. Okay. How many region if you like the triangle posters with all the characters and they form a nice triangle? Yeah. That's because we're not retarded. <laughs> um oh, that's my opinion on the poster. Alex, how about you, man? You, you raise your hand, man. You apparently like triangle posters? I do. It's very symmetrical. I'm a fan of that. I like the look of this new poster. It's although we're getting to the point of these triangle posters are to the point where they're just, they're like the uh, floating head posters. It's just, it's getting boring. Thor Ragnarok did a really good job of it, but it's it's becoming a bit much now, but I do like the way that the poster looks. That's just me. It is just you. Yeah, it's just I you, because I feel like I could Photoshop something better, and I have zero experience with Photoshop. Do it. 
Do it. Do it. I want to see. Buddy, I don't even watch. I don't even watch the two movies for a, for a podcast at, for two hours, man. You don't expect me to go out of my way to Photoshop a Batman poster? But you know what? Just maybe, just maybe. Only if Little Caesars sponsors us. Little Caesars, we know you have a partnership with Batman. I will do it. I will make your new banner with Little Caesars in there as well. Um, but the runtime is the big thing to take away from the new segment. It's almost three hours. Max, what do you think about that, man? I know uh, your throat's hurting, so I'm I'm giving it to you for a minute. Uh, I'm I'm excited to to see what they do with this runtime. Honestly, I'm hoping we get a good amount of screen time of Riddler, like not okay. just his presence throughout the film. Mm-hmm. I want some deep dives in his his thought process during all of this. Okay, so maybe like a VO even, maybe or maybe just a couple scenes where it's strictly what he's going on instead of just him interacting with Batman. Um. Who knows? I really want to see a lot of focus on him. I'm hoping for. Yeah. But okay. based off the footage I've seen, I was rewatching one of the trailers today when I saw The Matrix. This seems, based off the footage, just the variety of, of the different clips I've seen, mm-hmm. this seems like the, the, the movie where we get the most Batman out of it. Not just because of the runtime, but we're getting more Batman than Bruce Wayne for the first time, I feel like. so I'm here for it. You know, I'm really interested to see just what this movie's about at this point, how it's going to hold up compared to the other ones. Um, you know, I think it looks promising. I think the biggest competitor for this one is The Dark Knight. Um, so who who knows, dude? I'm pumped for it, though. That yeah. runtime just has me even more amped for it. I'm ecstatic, dude, because it's what three villains or quote unquote on villains. We don't know if Catwoman's helping out sometimes. You know, yeah. who the fuck knows? So I'm fucking pumped for it, Jr. Uh, your opinion on the runtime? What do you think about that? It's not bad. Three hours, it'll be a good movie, but better be better than The Flash. The Flash movie? Yes. Oh, yeah, it will be, man. 100%. I look at The Flash and I see a kid who body slams some woman down because she, she wanted a picture. <laughs> Alex, how about you, man? What do you think of, uh, <laughs> what do you think of the runtime? I... Combine the runtime with hearing that the Riddler's supposed to be like a Saw villain and the way that Matt Reeves has been approaching this, I'm very excited. Like, it's my number one for the entire year. If I saw no other movie this year, it'll be the Batman. It's yeah, it's wow. my like, most anticipated as well. Same dude. Right I texted... Oh, sorry. You good? Oh, no, no, no. Go ahead. I texted Max about the score, dude. You know how, like, trailers have the score and, like, they don't ever carry into the movie? That's the Batman theme, dude. That theme sounds fucking sick. Mm-hmm. It's almost, at the very beginning of it, it's very much like a spaghetti western, it sounds like. Almost, yeah. I'm here for it, though. I love the Batman. You know I, love, I love a very, like, good, bad, ugly standoff between Batman and, like, whoever he's going to uh, throw off a cliff next. Commissioner Gordon. Just, I don't think that's going to be happening. You know who he can't throw off? His parents. Oh, anyway, up next. Up next. Um, these oh, are two Jinx, quick dude? things. Okay, dude, come on, bro. I don't Yo, want... Dude. No, no, no. Just, dude, just no, announce no, this. Come on, buddy. Okay, fuck off. Mortal 2 Combat is announced. Mortal, Mortal Kombat, Kombat 2. 2 is announced. We also... Um, Jesus Christ, you're sounding like Jared Leto right now, buddy. <laughs> this then Halloween a... Ends begins production. This isn't... 
a Ridley Scott episode. This is a John Carpenter episode. Calm down, buddy. Yeah, Mortal Kombat 2 was announced today. Halloween ends, began production yesterday, being filmed in Savannah, Georgia. And also, Mission Impossible 7 and 8 were delayed alongside the Quiet Place spinoff. Um, just want to throw those out there. Those are all things we've talked about on the podcast prior before. But Danilo, I'm very excited to hear your thoughts on some concept art that was released yesterday by Marvel. Because you called it. Um, we, we've discussed this for I don't know how many fucking weeks. But go ahead. Um, we have concept art. Mysterio was supposed to be in Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah, I want to know when this concept art was made. Because we got to remember something. Mm. The entirety of this movie was rewritten. Re- 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 uh, this movie was supposed to come out after the Doctor Strange movie. Because of COVID, everything got pushed around. Mm-hmm. So that means the entire story changed. You know, or a good chunk of it, at least, let's say. You know, maybe they kept a few building blocks, like Doctor Strange being in it, Peter's getting, uh, everyone forgets who Peter Parker is. Spoiler, if you haven't seen the movie, go fuck yourself. But, you know, it it makes me ask the question, was Mysterio the original plan in the beginning? Or was it just like, you know, they were just throwing in villains, and they're like, well, wouldn't it be cool if Mysterio came in, and they just did that, you know, in the writing room again? But I think... Mysterio was actually supposed to be in it again. Because I, I don't think they would, in my opinion, and the only reason why I say that is, I don't think they would waste Jake Gyllenhaal like that. Just how they're not wasting Michael Keaton. You know, Michael Keaton's a big name. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool that he's a villain in an MCU franchise. And Jake Gyllenhaal being a villain in an MCU franchise is pretty big as well. So, that's just me, though. And that's all I have to say. I kind of just ended it off like randomly, but you know, life comes at you fast. Jarrah, what are your thoughts? Um, That's kind of crazy because he should have been in that movie. Um, I think it would have been an easier way to tie in the Sinister Six and have Sony do their thing over in their portion of the Spider-Verse, what they do with whatever they are doing with Morbius and all that other stuff. It would have been a good way to tie, tie in that. And I mean, it just would have made sense. Like, because they basically wasted the character of Mysterio. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, um, he should have been in the movie. Sinister Six would have been amazing to form at the end of that movie in some other alternate realm or something or whatever they were going to do with it. It would have been... And then, you know, after they set that up, that could have set up something with Venom and brought all the worlds together. See, I'm thinking we'll see Mysterio in Spider-Man 4. <clears throat> I'll jump on that bad wagon right now, buddy. Maybe he's not... Maybe maybe it's a post-credit scene. Maybe it's just seeing Quentin Beck and not in the Mysterio outfit. Um, but I'm, I'm, we'll see him again. I'm, I'm almost certain of it after seeing this concept art. I think this... I think the return of Mysterio needed some build-up. So even though he was supposed to be in No Way Home, I'm glad he wasn't still. You know, I think he will be the reason for the Sinister Six to form, like a proper one. I think he'll take inspiration by seeing the five villains we see in No Way Home and go from that. Um, that's just my, my hot take. What about you, Alex? Uh, I don't really care. I thought Mysterio was a good villain. 
but I didn't really care about seeing him in No Way Home. To me, it felt like his arc was done for Far From Home. Mm-hmm. And I just... I don't, I don't care. I care more about hearing a runtime for a DC film than I care about hearing who, what other face is going to show up in a Marvel movie. Like, yeah, that's a it, hot take. It would have been cool to see Mysterio in No Way Home, but that movie was already jam-packed. So, I don't think it was necessary, and I think Max is 100% right. They're trying to build up the return of someone like Jake Gyllenhaal. The fact that they got him into an MCU movie when he mostly does no smaller art house films was a big deal. And they also probably was built into his contract that he wouldn't have to do like sequential pictures or something like that. So that way he can go off and do his own thing because that's what the Gyllenhaals do. The Hmm. Taylor Swift red video. If you're a Swifty out there. Yeah. Give it her fucking scarf already. (laughs) Yeah. But here at Galaxy of Film, we're a yay fan base. That's exactly right, buddy. You're doing right, we are. That documentary looks fantastic. I'm seeing that in theaters. God, I wish that was coming to my theater, dude. Yeah, it's whoa, whoa. shown it. It's been shown at Sundance, and the reviews of it are just incredible so far. Max, you and I are gonna have a conversation about that after this recording. Yeah, it's coming oh, to the Alamo. It's coming to Fable, the AMC dude. Almost every AMC is getting it. What's the date? You know, February 10th. All right, thanks, G. Up next, fuck it. Let's dive straight into the shows. Um, who had a chance to watch? There's three episodes out now. But who had a chance to watch any of Hulu's follow-up series, How I Met Your Mother, How I Met Your Father? I did. JR, no? No? Nah. Nah. <laughs> Are you, did you ever watch How I Met Your Mother? Yes. Did you finish it? Yes, completely finished it. Uh, here's one thing. <clears throat> For some reason... I don't like Lizzie McGuire, so I'm just not going to watch anything with Lizzie McGuire in it. Okay. Okay, we'll get to that in a second. Danilo, you never watched I Met Your Mother, right? I did. I, I've seen episodes of it. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a great show. I don't. I didn't see enough to understand who characters who like you know, okay. their relationships to everything, but I did enjoy what I did. What I what I did see. But you casually it, watched it. Yeah, I just like if it was on, I would t- watch it while I'm like eating a slice of pizza. You know. Did you ever finish it by any chance? Or watch the ending? No, I just I it just wasn't <laughs> on when I was uh, you know, eating pizza. Okay. But um yeah. I'm a massive How I Met Your Mother fan, dude. I quoted Barney Stinson in my yearbook for my senior quotes. Um <laughs> I I wore suits every day from middle school to when I finished college actually. It's why all my social media is Max the Suit Guy. I'm a big, big, big How I Met Your Mother fan. It's my favorite sitcom of all time. Definitely my favorite three shows of all time. Um, and so if you know anything about High Mayor Father, you know, this show was supposed to come out years ago. This, I forget the actress's name. This was supposed to be the mother's story from her side of view to meeting Ted Mosby. And I don't know what the hell happened. But a couple months ago, after everyone kind of forgot this project, Hulu was like, yep. We're doing How I Met Your Father, finally. And it's like, okay, sweet. We talked about it on the show. I was excited. A week later, Hillary Duff's announced the star. It's like, oh. So this is its own new thing. This isn't the story we were originally supposed to get. So at first, I was kind of skeptical. Like, okay, am I? is this just going to be a copy and paste? Am I going to enjoy this? You know, 
Am I going to have harsh feelings going into this because it's not what I was originally expecting? After watching the first three episodes, I can say I fucking love this already. Um, it's not just the copy and paste. We have the same familiarity of the formula. Like, yeah, we have this woman who's narrating, who's going to tell us the story of how she met someone's father in the city of New York. And Hilary Duff does play the Ted Mosby character in, like, you know, um, 2022, which, you know, about 10 year difference between the two films or the two shows. Um, the other characters aren't exactly copy and paste, though. You know, so it's it's nice to see some original stuff thrown in there. I'm loving it. What what are some of your thoughts, Alex? All right, like quick backstory. Like you, How I Met Your Mother is probably in my top three shows of all time. I have seen the show. I think I'm on my fifteenth run through of the show. I have it on constantly. I Barney Stinson is one of my favorite TV characters of all time. The show just means so much to me. And I was nervous going into it. I was very, very nervous because I hold this show with so much respect and like in like greatness in my head. Mm. And I, I was nervous that it was not just going to be a copy and paste, but it was also going to be kind of disrespectful to the original. I agree. Especially since they're in the same universe, like confirmed they are, they're in the same universe. So it's going to connect to how much your mother some way. Well, yeah, well, we already see, you know, spoilers for episode one. I mean, who has watched pilot? JR. It's not a major spoiler. It's just a cool thing we see in case you're interested in the pilot. But one of the friends lives in Lillian Marshall and Ted's old apartment, mm-hmm. which is cool. That's the only thing we're seeing reoccurring, though, is that okay, apartment. I think that there will be someone from the original cast that shows up. I think so, too, but I don't think in season one. I think it's going to try Jason, to find its own footing. Jason Siegel, maybe? I don't think Jason Siegel actually. I think it'll be either Neil Patrick Harris, or Te- or Josh Radner, or um, Allison Hannigan. One of those three will show up. See, I Hannigan only think with- it'll be Colby Smutters or Neil Patrick Harris. Well, my reason is the way the show's going, the character that's supposed to be like the female Ted Mosby basically seems a lot like Lily. Hmm. So I could see it as almost like a cameo that Hannigan shows up, but the show itself, I have fallen in love with, and I did not expect to, nor did I want to, and somehow after these three episodes, I'm very invested, I'm excited for when new episodes come out, and it's just, it has reverence for the original show, which is not mm-hmm. something that is common nowadays, a lot of times modern shows or spinoffs of original series just want to disrespect the original for some reason. And this one doesn't. And I give a ton of credit to the creators for that. So I, I'm i loving it. I'm happy that I like it. I'm loving it as well. 100% agree, dude. <clears throat> um, yeah. I, I do think we'll see Robin in this just from, like, just the TV in the background seeing, you know, a news report or something going on. I think that's, that's as far as your cameo will go. Um, but I think we'll see Barney, if anybody. Just because, you know, there's a couple comments made specifically the last episode about hookup culture. So I think we'll see Barney. Um, at least I'm hoping we will. But, JR, do you have any interest in watching this at all? I mean, I'm going to go out here on a limb and tomorrow when I got some free time or maybe on a 15-minute break or something, I'll, 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 I'll edge my way into it. Okay. 
I'm so bad at TV shows, but I'm I would be interested to watch this. It sounds interesting. And plus, it's very. Yeah, but I didn't watch the How I Met Your Mother series, so I feel like I would need to watch that in its entirety. You don't. You don't. Oh, okay. You don't. That's it. The beauty of this it doesn't just stand on the like. You don't have to understand what came before to understand this show. This show is operating on its own, and it's. If you don't like the original show, you will not like this. But also be going in knowing it's very self-aware, much more than the first one was. Mm-hmm. This show is very self-aware of the times it's in. I mean, there's an ep- the second episode is revolving around a Tinder profile pic. Yeah, it's like it, it's interesting. Like it hasn't quite found its footing yet. I'd argue, um, yeah. as far as like the acting goes, like some of it's a little bit, little bit weird. I mean, you gotta fall naturally into these roles at some point, um, especially of TV. You know, because some of these actors I've never even heard of, so I don't know if this is their first time you know, having a role this large or not. Um, but as far as the time period's in, it is more self-aware than How I Met Your Mother, and I can appreciate it for that. You know, it's good. Check it out. My roommate and I, how we're watching this, we'll watch an episode of How I Met Your Father, then watch Mother, back-to-back. Episode by episode. Just to kind of accompany it, because why not? Um, one other thing I'll say about the show is it. I don't think it's going to, at least right now, it's not going to lend itself to be full 22-episode seasons. No. I think Close. if it sticks within 10 to maybe 13 episodes a season, have a tighter storyline, I think it'll be a lot... I think it'll be a bit tighter than How I Met Your Mother, which was one of its failings towards seasons uh, 7 and 8. Is there some episodes that you can just kind of discard and it doesn't really matter? Hmm. That's why when season nine, I think has like, I don't, I think season nine is shorter than the others. I think. But season nine also takes place over one weekend. <clears throat> I know, but see, the thing is, it's a tighter story. Hmm. I, I think season nine is one of the best is seasons of the entire show. Okay. <clears throat> Purely because it is that tight of storytelling, they're very precise with it. I can I, I could do a whole like four hour episode on just season nine. Damn, <laughs> <Pomichimoto>. <laughs> I well I've seen the show like uh, I'm on season two right now for my fifteenth time. Yeah, dude, High Met Your Mother's great. Um, check out High Met Your Father if you have any interest in you know this series. If you're curious if it holds up, it does. Um, another okay. show I want to talk about this week though. Uh, before we get to this show, um, just an update. I'm now on season two of Euphoria, working on catching up on episode two. Now episode three just dropped this week, so expect an LFG whenever season two is done. I just oh, go ahead. I just watched uh, episode one. I was told to watch it, and it's pretty good. So I'll probably of season one. To, yeah, of season episode one of season one. Yeah, so I'll probably okay. try and catch up with you. Um, but you liked it for the time being. I did. It's a twenty four, dude. It, it's mm. it's TV, but it's cinematic TV. You want, you know, so. I don't know if I told you this. You know who also wrote and directs this? I feel, I know if I know it when you're gonna say it. Malcolm Marie. Yeah. Yep. So it's interesting that you like this because I know you hated that movie. Um, well, I hated high school, and this is kind of just like an abs- This is like in the slums of high school. Yeah, that's true <laughs> as well. You know. So. Can I just? I want to just come to the defense of Euphoria real quick because a lot of people are criticizing its unrealistic qualities in high school. Hmm. At least from my high school experience, this thing is very realistic. I don't know where the I fuck mean, you went to school at, dude. <laughs> I went to school. So, 
people getting, I mean, people would come to school, they would try to dress like that, but the costume design aside, I mean, I knew a bunch, I knew kids who were strung out on drugs, who ended up having to drop out because of it, who were addicts. I knew people that dealt with, you know, sexual assault, who dealt with unplanned pregnancies, all of that. That, hmm. that was just the reality, at least where I went to school. Me too, but like the costume designs where I'm just like, yeah, that was the thing where I was at. The party thing. Um, we had one girl that would have house parties, like bad ones, but it got to the point where any time when she'd have a house party, like police, because it was a smaller town, you know, they would shut them down before they, even, before they would arrive. You know, oh, they wow. would just catch on, because she would do like five on the school year, five yeah, or six sick big one, ones. Sick one, dude. You know. Yeah, way to go, cops. But the next show I want to talk about for a second, um, JR, you and I have been wanting to talk about this for a while now, is HBO Max's Peacemaker. First four episodes are <laughs> now out. How are you enjoying this thing so far? Peacemaker, uh, I'm one of those guys, once again, you know, I read the comments or read them previously in different things. Um, Peacemaker, Peacemaker is, a, is a great work. It's something that actually makes me want to get into DC more. I'm a Marvel guy up and down. James Gunn being over there directing this, um, putting his Guardians of the Galaxy twist on the DC world works for me. Mm-hmm. Um, every character we can, I'm not going to go into too much detail. The one character that stands out the most is Judo Master. Judo Master, the guy in the green suit, uh, <clears throat> he just, you've seen the episodes, he tears it up. John Cena is a stiff actor. If you can get past John Cena, because John Cena is like um, Vin Diesel, and he's about like Kurt Russell. He's got just one acting mode to him. They like John Travolta. <laughs> they only act a certain way. So if you can stomach John Cena, you can stomach this show. And it has hard comic relief. Um, the sporting cast, the one lady from Orange is the New Black is pretty good. Uh, I forgot her name, but she was tasty on that show. Um and then the sporting cast from the last Suicide Squad, uh, that was with, um, what is the lady's name? Amelia Harcourt, Jennifer Holland. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so you've already, so you've watched it, Alex. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to probably stay up till 3 a.m. when the new episode drops tonight because I'm ex- super excited. Yeah. I forgot about I that. love, I love the show so much. And, it's. I disagree about John Cena. I actually think he's the best actor to come out of the WWE. I think he's a far better actor than The Rock. The Rock is like John. Like what were you talking about? Like you know John Travolta. He and Kurt. Oh, and Kurt Russell. I disagree. But anyway, he has one acting mode. But John Cena has is a very multi-layered performance. Welcome back yeah. on the show anytime, Alex. Welcome back on the show anytime for that. <laughs> Why? <laughs> because I trash the rock or I praise John Cena. You trash the rock, dude. I'm sorry, but after Red Notice, that man has lost. I've lost all faith in him. All Once right, again, I'll, Galaxy of Film's going to make sure he's out of business. All right, I'll get uh, you. All professional wrestlers are one dimensional when it comes to acting, even Hulk Hogan. But here, here's the one thing about John Cena: when John Cena tries to do comedy, like when he. Tries to be that comic relief. He's so dry that that's the only time I turn away and get a drink or um, I'll turn on the Nintendo, whatever I plan on doing after Peacemaker's done. 
when he's not doing comedy and it's a little bit of action and then it's comedy with combat, I can stomach John Cena. He's hilarious. He's the one who gives me he and uh, John Economos, who's played by Stephen Agee, um, are the funniest people, <laughs> funniest people on there. The girl from Orange is the New Black actually kind of annoys me a little bit. Like she's just see, wow, I bro. love her character because she's I, adding actual depth to Amanda Waller in a sense for she, me. Yes, she's adding depth. Yes, I'm more talking about her comedy. See, I I, yeah. I think John Cena's hilarious in this, and I find her funny too. Judo Master also just annoys the crap out of me. He's yeah, just like I see I mean, him. Okay. And I, I want him to get thrown through a brick wall five times. I want him oh. to get tag teamed by John Economos and Peacemaker. Okay, dude, I didn't say that about John Carpenter, dude. That's just out of pocket. <laughs> Why? Because you see yourself as Judo Master? Because I'm brown? Maybe. <laughs> that was out of pocket. That, no. Adrian Chase is good, too. Yeah, Vigilante. Vigilante is probably like the that's my comic right there. That's my DC, the DC Deadpool. That his when he's that scene in the prison in uh, episode four when he's talking to Robert Patrick and those white supremacist people, and like which one are you, Tiki Torch? (laughs) I just lost. It was perfect. I just can't believe you called Danilo Judo Master. <laughs> I did not. I said, do you see yourself as Judo Master? I asked a question. Yes. <laughs> well, you know what, Danilo? You're trash on Peacemaker, okay? You need to get thrown through a wall. <laughs> Whoa, oh, dude. Jesus okay, Christ. You caught me off guard, dude. Alright, oh, alright. Let's keep let's keep the show rolling. Let's keep the show rolling. Alright. Um before we effort this episode up, guys, stream of the week I got it this week. Uh, you can find this on Amazon Prime. It was for rent <laughs> for fifty cents, which is really weird oh. to me. Okay. okay. Yeah. Really weird. Um Heavy Metal. If you've never seen the animated anthology film from I think what, like eighty two, eighty one, something like that. Like seventy nine eighty. Seventy nine eighty. Yeah, yeah. Watch this fucking movie. Um, have a couple drinks. Do whatever you gotta do. You know, this is a great fucking movie. Um, it holds up. I don't know why it was on sale to rent for fifty cents, but I got my fifty cents worth out of it. The first time I watched this, I was I think seventeen or eighteen, in my friend's garage, and we were drinking oh, his dad's hey. beer. Did you just like, commit to a federal crime? Okay, buddy. Um, no, watching no, this it's only on, crime if an adult sells it. And we're watching this on, on a shitty VHS, and it was a, just a weird experience, sitting in the, these lawn chairs in a garage, watching heavy metal at 2 in the morning drinking. It was weird, but great experience. Um, great movie. Watch it. Amazon Prime. Heavy metal. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that wraps up the show. I believe so. Stay tuned for next week when we discuss all four Matrix films. Hell yeah. I'll definitely be listening. Yeah, Alex, you're coming back on for that one next week. We got David from Peace Sing It Together coming on finally. Um, All right, all right. We've been talking for a while. We're getting him back on here. Yep. Um, Yeah, good stuff coming, you know. Stay tuned for that. I just finished watching the fourth one today, so I'm all prepared already a week in advance, you know. And the Neo... Has seen how many Matrix films? One. I saw one yesterday. Oh, you did watch one. the first one yesterday. 
Yeah, that's why I didn't watch the thing. I watched the one yesterday. I'm like, I gotta start. So okay. it was cool. Okay, but we will hear. We will, I will save my comments for the episode. Yeah, and you know what else comes out next week? Hmm. The Lunar New Year, and will the groundhog see his shadow? And Little Caesars, please sponsor us. That's exactly right. JR, my friend, I thank you for coming on this week. I apologize for my shitty voice, but it was great to have you on talk about some Carpenter films and Peacemaker, because you and I have messaged a couple times about that show. Um, where can our listeners find you if they don't already follow you? All right, if you don't already follow me, you can find me at WV Uncommonplace, um, www.wvuncommonplace.com. We got a square store. We got everything. We're anywhere and everywhere on all 14 platforms, and we're on all 13 social medias that matter, and that's about it. <laughs> Awesome, man. I appreciate you coming on again. Alex, you were here last week, I believe, or an LFG with you recently. I forget, dude. You're here every fucking week at this point. Where can our listeners find you, my friend? Well, if you're not already following me, you can find me at Twitter and Instagram at AWReads, on Letterboxd at Cinephile Opinions, and uh, watch out for my awards coverage coming on coming at drinkinthemovies.com got some guilds coming up soon that we didn't get to talk about it's going to be a lot of fun awesome man I like I said appreciate you both coming on this week you guys have been a tremendous help with my voice sounding like absolute shit um, thank you yeah thank you that was... yep <laughs> god I, what the where did I find you <laughs> don't forget about the wild things if you guys haven't watched the wild things watch the fucking wild things bro there you go um, if you have an Instagram and Twitter, feel free to follow us at Galaxy of Film. Both those check out our YouTube channel at Galaxy Film Productions. <clears throat> if you enjoy the show, please consider following us on Spotify at Galaxy of Film. And if you also really enjoy the show, please consider follow- or giving us an iTunes review on Galaxy of Film. It truly does help out the show much more than you can imagine. And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye, guys. Max is suggesting it. I'm demanding it. <laughs>